بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم in the name of Allah the most gracious the most merciful all praise is due to Allah the Lord of all creation I bear witness that there is no true God worthy of worship except Allah and that Muhammad is Allah's true slave and messenger may the salah of Allah be upon him, his noble family, and the noble companions, and those who follow in their path until the day of resurrection. We continue the tafsir, the explanation of Surah Al-Nazi'at, and this tafsir is based on the Salaf's tafsir, the righteous predecessor's tafsir, and when we say the Salaf, uh, some people, we need the clarification here, some people consider the Salaf only in the terms of the past tense, only. Well, the clarification is yes in, in the essence that it started with the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the principles of which were laid down in the legislations of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the teachings of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam as understood by the companions as well and practiced by the companions and those who follow their path until the day of resurrection so it's a continuous methodology it's a continuous methodology whose roots go back to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He is the leader of the Salaf. He is the leader, subhanahu wa ta'ala, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So, we reached verse 21. So, Musa alayhi salam, Allah sent Musa to Fir'aun. Allah sent Musa, Moses, to Fir'aun. And with the signs that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had gave him, well, did the Pharaoh benefit from the signs? No. He didn't have any tendency to acknowledge the signs that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had trusted Musa with and, and, and uh, gave to Musa alayhi salam. فَكَذَّبَ وَعَصَى So he, Pharaoh, denied them and disobeyed. Pharaoh, the Pharaoh, denied them, denied the signs of Allah and disobeyed. Not only that. But he refused the messengership of Musa. He refused the messengership of Musa, of Moses. And said, إِنَّ رَسُولَكُمُ الَّذِي أُرْسِلَ إِلَيْكُمْ لَمَجْنُونَ Pharaoh said, Verily, your messenger who has been sent to you is a madman. Is a madman. He denied and refused to submit to the truth. He denied and refused to submit to the truth. Knowing well that Moses was a true messenger, that Musa was a true messenger. It was the arrogance and false pride قال الله تعالى وجحدوا بها واستيقنتها أنفسهم ظلما وعلوا and they denied them they denied the proofs the signs the evidences wrongfully and arrogantly though their own selves were convinced thereof that these signs are from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they denied the signs and they denied the message of Tawheed out of arrogance and wrong Standing. What did the Pharaoh do? What did the Pharaoh do? 
Then he turned his back, striving hard against Allah. And then, فَحَشَرَ فَنَادَى He gathered his people and cried loud. He gathered his people and cried loud. He gathered his countrymen and his troops. What did he tell them? فَقَالَ أَنَا رَبُّكُمُ الْأَعْلَى Saying, I am your Lord, the Most High. He claimed that there was no Lord above him and arrogantly tried to convince his people that this claim was true because the kingdom of Egypt was his. Also many people in our times know that Islam is the truth and know that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is the true messenger of Allah. Within themselves they doubt their monks, their rabbis, their gurus, their spiritual leaders, you name it. However, when they are called to accept Islam, they act arrogantly and disdain. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks the truth. So Firaun, you know, he thought he's got all Egypt, and, and that's what he said. Ya qawmi alaysa li mulku misra, wa hadihi al-anharu tajri min tahti, afala tubsirun, am ana khayrun min hadha alladhi huwa maheen, wa la yakadu yudhin. Oh my people, is it not mine the dominion of Egypt, and these rivers flow underneath me, See you not then? I am not better, am I not better than this one, meaning Musa, Musa who is Maheen. Maheen means, this is a description of a person who has no honor, nor any respect, and is weak and despicable. This is what he is attributing these qualities to Musa. And can scarcely express himself clearly. But then how? How was the end of Pharaoh? How was his end? فَأَخَذَهُ اللَّهُ نَكَالَ الْآخِرَةِ وَالْأُولَى عليكم السلام ورحمة الله تعالى وبركاته So Allah seized him with punishment for his last and first. What does the meaning of first and what does the meaning last of last mean? What's the meaning of first and last? Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with him and his father, Mujahid, Akrima, may Allah's mercy be upon them and others said that the term first in this ayah is his saying مَا لَكُمْ مِنْ إِلَهٍ غَيْرِي I know not that you have a God other than I this is his first and the second is what he said أَنَا رَبُّكُمُ الْأَعْلَى I am your Lord Most High so he claimed both he claimed divinity and he claimed Lordship divinity was his first and Lordship was his last so Allah seized him with punishment for his last and first. Ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with him and his father said, between his two words, between his two words, meaning the first and the last one that we heard, there was a period of 40 years. 40 years.
and Al-Hasan Al-Basri alaykum salam rahmatullahi ta'ala and Qatada may Allah's mercy be upon them said Allah seized him with punishment in this world by drowning him and in the hereafter in hell and Ibn Kathir rahimahullah the great muhaddith and scholar of tafsir said Allah punished him in such a way as to make of him a reminder and a lesson in the life of this world for those rebellious like him and a lesson of what would happen in the hereafter وَأُتْبِعُوا فِي هَذِهِ لَعْنَةً وَيَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ بِئْسَ الْوِفْدُ الْمَرْفُودِ They were pursued by a curse in this deceiving life of the world and so they will be pursued by a curse on the day of resurrection How bad is the curse in this world pursued by another curse in the hereafter? Both are bad And Ibn Kathir rahimahullah added, the correct meaning is that the first means the life of this world, and the second refers to the hereafter. And Allah left Fir'aun as an example I mean the example of Fir'aun as a deterrent when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says فَالْيَوْمَ نُنَجِّيكَ بِبَدَنِكَ لِتَكُونَ لِمَنْ خَلْفَكَ آيَةً so this day we shall deliver you your dead body out from the sea that you may be a sign to those who come after you and this is a crucial point of consideration that is to have the example of Fir'aun as a deterrent. And this meaning falls in line with the context of the next ayah in Surah Al-Nazi'at, which says, إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَعِبْرَةً لِمَنْ يَخْشَى Verily in this there is an instructive admonition for whosoever fears Allah. In the story of sending Musa, Moses to Fir'aun, and in Fir'aun's rejection and mockery, and then the punishment he received is an admonition for those who fear Allah. Then in response to those who deny the resurrection and who think of themselves as great, Allah reminds them to think about the heavens by saying, أَأَنْتُمْ أَشَدُّ خَلْقًا أَمِ السَّمَاءَ Are you more difficult to create? Or is the heaven that he constructed? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala established his proof against mankind in creating and constructing the heavens which are stronger, greater, higher and more equally ordered than mankind and all that exists. He made its night covered with darkness and brought out with light its forenoon. He spread the earth and made it ready to offer what is wanted from it. And he brought forth therefrom its water and its pasture. He made the mountains a firm support for the earth, lest it should shake with its inhabitants. He consigned many benefits in the earth as provisions for man and for cattle. How could it be then that the one who is able to do all of this 
is unable to resurrect you into a new creation. Surely he is able to do all things, subhanahu wa ta'ala. Come again and contemplate about the nutfa, the mixed male and female sexual discharges in its early stage and what it develops to in its next stage. Verily, if mankind and jinns would combine their efforts to create hearing for the nutfa, its mind will create for it an ability, knowledge, a soul, even one of its most tiny bones or one of its most thin veins, even a single hair of it, they would be unable to do so. In fact, all of these facts are manifestations of the creation of Allah who has perfected everything in a drop of semen, fluid of no value. If this is the creation in a drop of fluid, then how about his creation in the kingdom of the heavens, its highness, wildness, roundness, great and beautiful construction, the wonders of its sun, moon and stars, their shapes and sizes, and the differences between its fast or its east and west? There is no single atom of it that exists without wisdom in its creation. In fact, it is more precise and perfect in its creation and gathers more wonders than the body of a man or of man. Indeed, there is no comparison between what is in the earth and the wonders of the heavens. Indeed, the earth, seas, air, and all that is under the heaven is like a drop in a sea compared to the heavens itself. That's why Rarely a surah, a chapter of the Qur'an comes without mentioning the heavens either by and contemplate in the Qur'an and we will find this. Contemplate while you're reading now and you will find it. There is, there, that is why rarely a surah, a chapter of the Qur'an comes without mentioning the heavens either by A, telling about its greatness and wideness, B, swearing by it, C, calling mankind to look and contemplate it. D. Guide, guiding mankind to take it as evidence of the greatness of its creator who lifted it without columns. E. Setting its creation as a proof for what Allah has made known about the resurrection and the return. F. Making it clear that his lordship of it is evidence for his oneness and that he is Allah none has the right to be worshipped except him or G proving that in its beauty equal order cohesiveness and lack of risks in it evidence for his perfect wisdom and ability these were from the words of Imam Ibn Al-Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala Those who deny the resurrection, being deceived by their so-called strength and might, should remember the Pharaoh, and that their creation is not as strong as the creation of the heavens, which Allah says in the next verse, رَفَعَ سَمْكَهَا فَسَوَّاهَا He raised its height, and he has equally ordered it. Allah raised its height above the earth without pillars, الله الذي رفع السماوات بغير عمد ترونها 
Allah is He who raised the heavens without any pillars that you see. The next verse, وَأَغْطَشَ لَيْلَهَا وَأَخْرَجَ ضُحَاهَا It's night He covers with darkness and it's forenoon He brings out with light. Allah ascribed the night to the heavens because it starts with sunset and the sun itself is related to the heavens. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brightened its day by means of the sunlight which appears with sunrise. He signified, he signified the day by the forenoon after the sun rises, when the heat and cold is medium in the summer and winter respectively. The next two verses, وَالْأَرْضَ بَعْدَ ذَلِكَ دَحَاهَا أَخْرَجَ مِنْهَا مَاءَهَا وَمَرْعَاهَا And after that, he spread the earth, bringing forth therefrom its water and its pasture. This ayah together, with the one that will come indicates that the creation of the heavens occurred after the creation of the earth and that the spreading of the earth bringing forth its water and its pasture followed the creation of the heavens Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says say O Muhammad do you verily disbelieve in him who created the earth in two days created the earth in two days and you set up rivals in worship with him that is the Lord of creation he placed therein meaning in the earth firm mountains he placed therein in the earth firm mountains from above it and he blessed it and measured therein its sustenance for its dwellers in four days equal, meaning all these four days were equal in the length of time for all those who ask about its creation then he stawa, then Allah stawa rose over towards the heaven when it was a smoke and said to it and to the earth come both of you willingly or unwillingly, they both said we come willingly, then he completed and finished from their creation as seven heavens in two days Allah's tower rose over towards the heaven. His alu, his transcendence, is absolute, meaning he is high above everything by himself, as well as in the rank of his attributes and actions. He is separate and distinct from his creation. He, most mighty and majestic, was still and will ever be high above creation and above everything Without the earth's stability, all forms of life would be threatened. The creation of firmly fixed mountains is a preordained measure that acts as a steadying agent to keep the earth from shaking with its dwellers. In the next verse, And the mountains he has fixed firmly. 
And in another verse in the Quran, Allah says, وَأَلْقَى فِي الْأَرْضِ رَوَاسِيَ أَن تَمِيدَ بِكُمْ وَأَنْهَارًا وَسُبُلًا لَعَلَّكُمْ تَهْتَدُونَ And he has set up on the earth mountains standing firm, lest it should make or should shake with you, and rivers and ways that you may guide yourselves. All of these favors are made, as Allah says in the next verse, مَتَاعًا لَكُمْ وَلِأَنْعَامِكُمْ to be a provision and benefit for you and your cattle. Man has taken these provisions for granted. People, except for the true believers, rarely give thanks to Allah. Some remember Allah once in a year to give so-called give thanks. They give it by celebrating the praises of men they set as, our, as partners with Allah. They even eat and drink what is prohibited while giving thanks. Some Muslims, may Allah guide us and them to his straight path, join in such celebrations. They don't want to be looked upon as called uncivilized or inferior. Giving thanks to Allah means subscribing fully to his deen. Our brothers and sisters who are enslaved to the life of this world are reminded to think about the provision of water. What if Allah takes it away? Who other than Allah can restore it? We give thanks to Allah and repent to Him alone, seeking His assistance to comply with the full code of life that He is pleased with. The one who is able to create the heavens, the stars, the sun, the moon and the earth with all of the provisions they are, they are in is able to bring the living from the dead on the day when the hour will be established. Whoever does good will be rewarded with good and whoever rejected Allah's message and did wrong should only blame himself. And in the next verse Allah reminds us فَإِذَا جَاءَتِ الطَّامَّةُ الْكُبْرَى But when there comes the greatest catastrophe, meaning the day of recompense, on that day, the second trumpet will be blown, and man will be brought to check for himself his good and bad deeds. يَوْمَ يَتَذَكَّرُ الْإِنسَانُ مَا سَعَى The day when man shall remember what he strove for. How is he going to remember? He will read a full account of what he forgot. وَنُخْرِجُ لَهُ يَوْمَ الْقِيَامَةِ كِتَابًا يَلْقَاهُ مَنْشُورًا اقْرَأْ كِتَابَكَ كَفَى بِنَفْسِكَ الْيَوْمَ عَلَيْكَ حَسِيدًا As in Surah Al-Isra, chapter 17, verse 13, 14. And on the day of resurrection, we shall bring out for him a book which he will find wide open. It will be said to him, read your book. You yourself are sufficient as a reckoner against you this day. At that time man shall remember and the disbeliever will say, Ya laytani kuntu turaba. Woe to me would that I were dust. As Allah says in the Quran, chapter 78 verse 40, Surah Al-Naba. On that day hell will be brought, as in the next verse, وَبُرِّزَتِ الْجَحِيمُ لِمَنْ يَرَى and hellfire shall be made apparent in full view for everyone who sees. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, يُؤْتَى بِجَهَنَّمَ يَوْمَئِذٍ لَهَا سَبْعُونَ أَلْفَ زِمَامٍ 
مع كل زمام سبعون ألف ملك يجرونها in the hadith reported by Muslim and others هل will be brought on that day the day of resurrection with 70,000 bridles and every bridle would be controlled by 70,000 angels الله أكبر فأما من طغى then for him who transgressed all bounds What is Taha? Our Shaykh Rahimahullah, Shaykh Muhammad bin Salih al-Uthaymeen explained by saying, if someone says, what is Tughyan? We say, it is transgressing the limit which is defined in the saying of Allah, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ And I, Allah, created none the jinns and men except they should worship me alone. So whoever transgresses this limit by not worshipping Allah alone is a tari, is a transgressor. He rahimahullah further added, you are not created to eat and enjoy yourself and eat as cattle do, but rather you are created to worship Allah. So worship Allah most majestic and almighty, otherwise if you don't, then you have transgressed and this is the tuyan, this is the transgression. End of his words. And the next verse, وَآثَرَ الْحَيَاةَ الدُّنْيَا He transgresses and what else? And he preferred the life of this world by following his evil desires and lusts. Transgressing the bounds set by Allah affects the person's desires and makes him prefer the life of this world over the worship of Allah. And this is what's happening, subhanAllah. If you think about it carefully, I will, I will repeat it. Transgressing the bounds set by Allah affects the person's desires and makes him prefer the life of this world over the worship of Allah. If he hears the adhan, the call for the fajr prayer, he would prefer to sleep over performing the prayers. If he is told to remember Allah, he would prefer playing and enjoying himself with some music over the remembrance of Allah. Whoever transgresses the bounds of Allah, and prefers the life of this world over that of the hereafter then فَإِنَّ الْجَحِيمَ هِيَ الْمَأْوَى and his abode will be the hellfire on the other hand فَأَمَّا مَنْ خَافَ مَقَامَ رَبِّهِ وَنَهَا النَّفْسَ عَنِ الْهَوَى فَإِنَّ الْجَنَّةَ هِيَ الْمَأْوَى but as for him who feared standing before his Lord Allah and restrained himself from impure evil desires and lusts, verily al-jannah, paradise, will be his abode. Whoever fears Allah knows that he will stand before his hands on the day of resurrection attesting to his sins. This is a driving force that restrains the self from following the evil desires. The self calls for transgression and for preference of this life over the hereafter. And Allah calls upon his slave to fear him and to restrain himself from impure evil desires and lusts. The heart is between these two calls. The heart is between these two calls, inclining 
once towards the call of transgression and once towards the call of Allah and this is the object of trials and afflictions in the Quran Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala attributed three qualities to the self the first quality is al-mutma'inna al-mutma'inna the self with complete rest and, and satisfaction Allah described it in the Quran by saying in chapter 89 verses 27 and 30 يَا أَيَّتُهَا النَّفْسُ الْمُطْمَئِنَّةِ ارْجِعِي إِلَى رَبِّكِ رَاضِيَةً مَرْضِيَةً فَادْخُلِي فِي عِبَادِي وَادْخُلِي جَنَّتِي It will be said to the pious, O oh you, the one in complete rest and satisfaction, المطمئنّة, السلف المطمئنّة, the one in complete rest and satisfaction, come back to your Lord, well pleased yourself and well pleasing unto him. Enter you then among my honored slaves and enter my Jannah, enter my paradise. Allahumma ja'alna minhum. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make us from those. The self with complete rest and satisfaction, al-mutma'inna. The second self is al-ammaratu bisu' The self that is inclined to evil. Allah mentions this in the Quran in Surah Yusuf in chapter 12 verse 53 Verily the human self is inclined to evil except upon whom my Lord bestows his mercy on whom he wishes and the third self is Allawama Allawama meaning the reproaching self the reproaching self this is stated in the Quran when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says لا أقسم بيوم القيامة ولا أقسم بالنفس اللوامة I swear by the day of resurrection and I swear by the self reproaching person meaning the believer the worst of enemies to man is his shaitan and his hawa his impure desires and his best friend is his intelligence and the angel assigned to him who gives him good advice the Prophet ﷺ, as we know said in the authentic hadith reported by Muslim there is none amongst you except that his designated companion from amongst the jinn, from the devils, and from amongst the angels has been assigned to him or her. They, the companions, said, Even you, O Messenger of Allah? He said, Yes. He said, Even me. Except that Allah has helped me against him and he became a Muslim. Consequently, he only tells me to do good. So if the person chooses to follow his impure desires, he would be surrendering to his enemy. And would fall under his siege. Each person has a beginning and an end. In the very beginning, the one who follows his evil desires will end up in humiliation, deprivation, lawliness, 
and affliction to a degree that depends upon how much he pursues his impure desires. These were from, again, the words of Imam Ibn Qayyim, rahimahullah. Man lives with these three qualities of the self. These are from the words of our Shaykh Muhammad bin Salih al-Uthameen, rahimahullah, who said, Man lives with these three qualities of the self. Sometimes he feels in himself a tendency towards good, and he acts upon it. This reflects the self in its state of complete rest and satisfaction. On the other hand, he sometimes feels an inclination towards evil, and he does it. This is the state of evil inclination of the self, al-ammara to visu. Then comes next the state of self-reproaching, al-lawama, where it blames him for something he did. You find him regretting the sinful deed that he had committed, or it may blame him for doing good. We seek refuge in Allah from this. Some people blame themselves for doing good and for associating with good people, saying, how come that I, that for company, those, chose for company, those who turn me away from enjoying my life and following my lusts and desires, and so on. His self is blaming him for doing good. The end of his words, rahimahullah. In the hereafter, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have made the paradise the abode for those who oppose their impure desires and have assigned the hellfire as the abode for those who worship their lusts and blindly follow their evil desires. The ample reward and gravest torment, may Allah save us from it, will occur on the day of recompense, which no one knows when it will be established. يسألونك عن الساعة أيان مرساها They ask you, O Muhammad, about the hour. When will it be its appointed time? People used to ask the Prophet ﷺ about the appointed time of the hour. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in another text in the Quran, يسألك الناس عن الساعة قل إنما علمها عند الله People ask you, O Muhammad, concerning the hour. عليكم السلام ورحمة الله تعالى وبركاته. Say to them the knowledge of it is with Allah only. And here, inshallah, we stop and we can continue, inshallah, the rest of the verses uh, tomorrow because it's getting late. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to make that which we heard a benefit for all of us. والحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم Are there any particular questions? Uh, you can have inshallah five minutes for that before we close the room and maybe uh, Brother Hashim or uh, others who want to have their room inshallah open السلام ورحمة الله تعالى وبركاته
Brother, it's more kindness. Please uh, check your uh, PM, inshallah. Where is it? Yeah, Wa'iyakum, sister. Well, that's more kindness. Please check your PM. <coughs> okay. You need to ask question, Maria. Go ahead. About Muslim, go ahead. <coughs> 